There is things that go bump in the night. Welcome to Ghost Stories and the Unusual Paranormal Podcast with your host Joe the Ghost God. As they were hoping that J.P. Dunning will make it through the night, towards the night, uh, she ended up having a relapse and she grew weaker and she died. The death of Mrs. J.P. Dunny, another death at the Dover from eating the chocolate bonbons. This is, was the wife of J.P. Dunny, now in Puerto Rico, and the, and the employee of the Associated Press died last night. Mrs. Dunning was one of the party that ate the chocolate drops on Wednesday night. Mrs. Dunning was under the treatment of Dr. Bishop and Dr. Carmichael of Wellington. He was in consultation with Dr. Bishop and both had prospected of her ultimate recovery. Towards the night, however, she had relapsed and gradually grew weaker until she died. Another symptom of the poisoning were similar to those of Mrs. Dean's candy, which was been the cause of the death of Mrs. Dean. And Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning was received by mail on Tuesday night. And inside the box, there was a note staying for yourself and babies. Therefore, nothing can be learned from this. Wherever the bonbons came from, as the, the postmark was unreadable, as Mrs. Dunning lived for a time in San Francisco, it was the opinion that they came from her friend, her friend there. Mrs. Dunning opened the box and handed it to Mrs. Dean, Ms. Dean, Ms. Bateman, Ms. Millington, and Harry Pennington. The excellent quality of the candy was assumed one by one of the, by the, by the par- party. Mrs. Dean was seized with numerous feeling, uh, numerous feelings shortly after retiring, and she died Thursday afternoon. Mrs. Dunning at the same time was seriously affected and her condition seemed to be the same until early yesterday afternoon when she improved but died last night. Harry Pinkton is in serious condition, although the physician of the uh, of the uh, his opinion that his life will be safe. Laura Dean, Mrs. Josephine Bateman, and Mrs. Ethel Millington, who were affected by eating the candy, are to uh, on the road to recovery. J.P. Dunning, husband from the, of the victim, was in Cuban waters during the siege of Santiago as a reporter as the, for the Associated Press, is now in Puerto Rico and will be notified as soon as possible of his wife's death. Mr. and Mrs. Dunning were married about nine years ago in Dover and later 
removed to San Francisco, a chemical analysis will be made of the candy and a post-mortem will be held on the bodies. So the chocolates end up gaining another death. Of, that's two now. Yet they don't know what the effects were or who sent them. And no one, uh, you know, who knows what will happen. And as of uh, August 17th, 1898, the uh, morning news said this. Victims of the uh, uh, arsenic poisoning. The verdict of the uh, coroner's jury on the deaths of Mrs. J.P. Dunning and Mrs. J.D. Dean of Dover, a fell plot to murder. Enough of the poison and three bites of the candy was to kill four persons. Dr. Wolf's examination he tested the chocolates and found arsenic in large quantities. One piece large as a pea. The two women, eventually, eventually victims of a foul plot, former Congressman Pennington's positive that the package came from San Francisco, postmark revealed by the aid of the powerful microscope the case will be placed in the hands of Attorney General White today. For action, the package was sent as first-class mail matter, which would prevent from being opened by a postal clerk. The candy, homemade, and the poison was mixed in with it. And uh, let's see, this is by telegraph from the staff correspondent, Dover, Delaware, August 16th. Mrs. J.D. Dean and Mrs. J.P. Dunning, victims of the tragedy, which was caused so much comment through the, through the country, died of arsenical poison. That was the verdict of the coroner's jury tonight. And the prediction was made by the morning news that such would be found to be the case was to be have been verified. The verdict was researched after Dr. Theodore R. Wolf, the state chemist, had been uh, testified finding pieces of arsenic as large as peas in the candy which is submitted for him in examination. These pieces of candy analyzed by Dr. Wolf were taken to the laboratory of the state chemist in Newark today by Dr. L.A.H. Bishop, who attended the victims. An investigation was committed at once the work of the analysts was soon completed, and it was thought best for the doctor at once to come to Dover and lay the result before the 
coroner's jury so that the authorities might have the benefit of the knowledge and began to work on trying to find the murderer of Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunny. Dr. Wolf came here on the evening train, having been prospected, preceded by Dr. Bishop. In the meantime, Coroner Wells, Coroner Walls, had been notified and in turn had called a meeting of the jury for the evening. The news that Dr. Wolf had arrived as soon soon noised about and the people again became interested as known that that the cause of the poisoning had been discovered or the doctor would not have come to Dover so hurriedly. There was a crowd on hand when the jury met, all anxious to hear the evidence and that promises to be the most noted case in uh, criminal history in Delaware. It did not take long for the jury to determine the cause of poisoning after hearing the evidence with deciding who sent the fatal package, the jury had nothing to do. This is the work of other authorities of the state. The physicians were soon on hand after the jury met and did not take long to begin the testimony. Dr. Wolf, the state chemist, was the first witness called and gave his testimony in his his usual business-like way. The facts of the case as he gave them caused looks of surprise to pass over the faces of the jury, for no one had many, any idea what, or what a human being could do that, be that cruel as to poison and an edible in the manner of the candy that was poisoned. Lumps of the poison in the candy, Dr. Wolf testified that he received three pieces of candy from Dr. L.A.H. Bishop, which is, he was told by the doctor, came in the same package with the candy which killed Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning. From the description of the symptoms of the victims given, uh, given him by Dr. Bishop, at, at once supposed that the poisoning was arsenic. I applied to, I applied to usual tests of arsenic, said the doctor, and found that the my suspicions were correct. The candy contained very large quantities of arsenic. I found pieces of arsenic as large as peas. The sender of the package had not seen to take out the uh, precaution to uh, to polarize the poison, but left it in lumps. Awful doses of poison, Dr. Wolf said. Further that the poison might have not been rough on rats, which were pure arsenic color. And the three pieces examined were found between 10 and 12 grains of the poison. 
two to three grams was sufficient to kill a person. There was enough poison in the three pieces of candy to, to, uh, that were analyzed to kill four people. The candy was eventually homemade and the poison had been mixed with the cream. Dr. Wolf break, broke several pieces of candy before the jury showed them how the poison was mixed. No large pieces of poison were found, but there were a trace of arsenic in the cream. The jury listened very intently to the testimony and was much interested in the breaking of the candy. Other medical testimony heard by other jury tonight was that of Drs. Bishop and Downs, who testified in the condition of the victims. Then they were called in. Dr. Bishop was the first physician who was called in, and his testimony was, was longer. Dr. Bishop said that he was called in to attend Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning. He found, found them ill and asked what they had eaten for supper. They told him and then they prescribed for them. No one saw the victims during the first night and the first symptoms of poisoning had subsided when he was called in. No suspicious of poisoning have been entered until nearly 24 hours after they had been taken ill. The medicines prescribed had no effect after the poisoning was discovered. The proper remedies were applied. Mrs. Dunning sh uh, showed no symptoms of the poisoning until 48 hours after she had taken ill. The testimony left no doubt in the minds of the jury that as to the case of the poisoning, and the jury rendered the verdict that Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning came to their deaths from arsenic administrated by parties unknown to the jury. The jury had been adjourned. Testimony in the case will be turned over to the Attorney General, Robert C. White, and is expected to he will at once order state detectives to go to work on the case, but will require much time and expense to figure out the one who sent the poison. But the, po the people were here to think that it should have been done regardless of the expense. It is also possible that the Governor Tunnel, who will ask to offer a reward for the arrest and conviction of the person who sent the poison. It's also expected that the post office authorities will be notified so that the box may be traced to, if possible. It is believed that the Secret Service officers of the government will be able to trace the package, especially since it has been found that it was sent to first-class mail order. The testimony of the Dr. Wolf that the candy was probably homemade and that poison was in the cream 
chocolate degrees that the theory advanced in the morning news yesterday that it's first held that the candy had been manufactured by some professional candy maker and is supposed to be a fine grade. This is Josephine Bateman was the first to advance the theory that the candy was homemade. Mrs. Bateman has the reputation of making excellent homemade candy. And at once said that this cream chocolate candy had the appearance of being homemade because it was irregularly molded, that the candy was homemade and the arsenic or rub on the rats mixed with it. It is also a born cut cut because the ex-congressman Pennington says that the candy eaten by his daughters was set by some parties with them to have been a particular pink tent. This is the tent of the rough, rough on rats. It is believed that the poison was only in the cream chocolates and that the poison on the other candy came from being in contact with the poison candy. The persons that ate the smaller pieces of candy did not suffer so much from the poisoning, which fits the theory that the only the cream candy was poison. The fact that the Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning lived as long as they did after eating the candy is believed to be because they did, they got overdosed with the poison. Poison worked off, but the irritation was so great that death occurred from the, uh, po uh, from the poison in that way. Since cases have been heard of before, it is, was for the reason that the post-mortem examination was not held. It would have shown nothing and the analysis of the candy was, was the better test. The uh, Dover folk astounded. Uh, the more the, uh, the people of Dover think of the crime and more they were astonished, they can see, uh, scarcely comprehend that such a fiend could ex exist. It makes the case harder to understand is that Mrs. Dunning, for whom I believe that poison was intended to, could have had such a desperate enemy. There was no reason why Mrs. Dean or Mrs. Dunning should have an enemy in the world. The whole town of Dover warns for them and talks of them as they were one of the reasons why the crime was made such an impassion, impression upon people here. Both women that lived in Dover for the greater part of their lives, Mrs. Dean being 44 and Mrs. Dunning 35 years old, both were church workers and it's said that no one in Dover could have been missed by the Presbyterian Church to, to much as Mrs. Dean and her sister, nearly as active in the church and charity work.
Mr. Dean was interested in every charity work un undertaken in Dover. Mrs. Dunning assisted her consistently and considerably. The people were surprised that Dr. Wolf would have have no scene discovered the, the cause of the poisoning. There was nothing to wonder at, however, for the first place, Dr. Wolf is one of the finest chemists in the, uh, in the country. And the second, in the second place, arsenic is one of the easiest poisons to detect. It is but the work of few hours of the doctor discover all that were there that worth knowing that about the candy. The analysis confirmed the opinion by the physicians here were as cause of death. The cause have been more than discussed here tonight. The people realize that such a case never occurred to this country before. There have been instances where one person was killed by poison being sent to them. But this is, in this instance, there were two people were killed and six made ill for a time by the same box of candy. The selection of box of candy to carry the poison, the, poison, the planning which was done to have it reach its victim in a way in which it was pr protected from being open on a way how to show it from the sender of the candy is one of the most accomplished as well as brutal murders of the modern times. The whole case shows plotting. The evidence so far produced shows that the first murderer after working out of the diabolical plan of the murderer, made the candy, it was probably made with the murderer's own hands, for no second party would ever let into the secret of the, of the kind. Even the candies and the other kinds were purchased from the store and placed in a box to prevent suspicious attaching to the homemade cream chocolates and to give the whole the appearance of being a fine box of candy. The, can the box was purchased and nicely done up. It was a pretty box as are kept in the stock in large cities Victims of the uh, uh, arsenic poisoning. The verdict of the uh, coroner's jury on the deaths of Mrs. J.P. Dunning and Mrs. J.D. Dean of Dover, a fell plot to murder. Enough of the poison and three bites of the candy was to kill four persons. Dr. Wolf's examination he tested the chocolates and found arsenic in large quantities. One piece large as a pea. 
the two women eventually eventually victims of a foul plot former congressman Pennington's positive that the package came from San Francisco postmark revealed by the aid of the powerful microscope the case will be placed in the hands of attorney general white today for action the package was sent as first class mail matter which would prevent from being opened by a postal clerk the candy homemade and the poison was mixed in with it and uh let's see this is by telegraph from the staff correspondent dover delaware august 16th mrs jd dean and mrs jp dunning victims of the tragedy which was caused so much comment through the through the country died of arsenical poison that was the verdict of the coroner's jury tonight and the prediction was made by the morning news that such would be found to be the case was to be have been verified the verdict was researched after dr theodore r wolf the state chemist have been uh, testified finding pieces of arsenic as large as peas in the candy which is submitted for him in examination these pieces of candy analyzed by dr wolf were taken to the laboratory of the state chemist in newark today by dr l a h bishop who attended the victims and the investigation was committed at once the work of the analysts was soon completed and it was thought best for the doctor at once to come to dover and lay the result before the coroner's jury so that the authorities might have the benefit of the knowledge and began to work on trying to find the murderer of Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunny. Dr. Wolf came here on the evening train having been prospected preceded by Dr. Bishop in the meantime corner corner wells corner walls had been notified and in turn had called a meeting of the jury for the evening the news that dr wolf had arrived as soon soon noised about and the people again became interested as known that that the cause of the poisoning had been discovered or the doctor would not have come to dover so hurriedly there was a crowd on hand when the jury met all anxious to hear the evidence and that pr- promises to be the most noted case in chemical uh, criminal history in delaware it did not take long for the jury to determine the cause of poisoning after hearing the evidence with deciding who sent the fatal package the jury had nothing to do 
This is the work that other authorities of the state. The physicians were soon on hand after the dream met and did not take long to be begin the testimony. Dr. Wolf, the state chemist, was the first witness called and gave his testimony in his, un his usual business-like way. The facts of the case as he gave them caused looks of surprise to pass over the faces of the jury, for no one had many I any idea what, or what a human being could do that be that cruel as to poison and an edible in the manner of the candy that was poisoned. Lumps of the poison in the candy. Dr. Wolf testified that he received three pieces of candy from Dr. L.A.H. Bishop, which is, he was told by the doctor, came in the same package with the candy which killed Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning. From the description of the symptoms of the victims given uh, given him by Dr. Bishop, at, er, at once supposed that the poisoning was arsenic. I applied to I applied to usual tests of arsenic, said the doctor, and found that the my suspicions were correct. The candy contained very large quantities of arsenic. I found pieces of arsenic as large as peas. The sender of the package had not seen to take out the uh, precaution to, uh, to polarize the poison, but left it in lumps. Awful doses of poison, Dr. Wolf said. Further, that the poison might have not been rough on rats, which were pure arsenic color. In the three pieces examined were found between 10 and 12 grains of the poison. Two to three grams was sufficient to kill a person. There was enough poison in the three pieces of candy to, to, uh, that were analyzed to kill four people. The candy was eventually homemade, and the poison had been mixed with the cream. Dr. Wolf broke several pieces of the candy before the jury to show them how the poison was mixed. No large pieces of poison were found, but there were a trace of arsenic in the cream. The jury listened very intently to the testimony and was much interested in the breaking of the candy. Other medical testimony heard by other jury tonight was that of Drs. Bishop and Downs, who testified in the condition of the victims. Then they were called in. Dr. Bishop was the first physician was called in and his testimony was was longer. Dr. Bishop said that he was called in to attend Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning. He found, found them ill and asked what they had eaten for supper. They told him and then they prescribed it for them. No one saw the 
victims during the first night and the first symptoms of poisoning had subsided when he was called in. No suspicious of poisoning have been entered until nearly 24 hours after it had been taken ill. The medicines prescribed had no effect after the poisoning was discovered. The proper remedies were applied. Mrs. Dunning sh uh, showed no symptoms of the poisoning until 48 hours after she had taken ill. The testimony left no doubt in the minds of the jury that as to the case of the poisoning, and the jury rendered the verdict that Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning came to their deaths from arsenic administrated by parties unknown to the jury. The jury had been adjourned. Testimony in the case will be turned over to the Attorney General, Robert C. White, and is expected to, he will at once order state detectives to go to work on the case, but will require much time and expense to figure out the one who sent the poison. But the, po the people were here to think that it should have been done regardless of the expense. It was also possible that the governor of Tunnel, who will ask to offer a reward for the arrest and conviction of the person who sent the poison, is also expected that the post office authorities will be notified so that the box may be traced to, if possible. It is believed that the Secret Service officers of the government will be able to trace the package, especially since it has been found that it was sent to first class mail order. The testimony of the Dr. Wolf that the candy was probably homemade and that poison was in the cream, chocolate agrees that the theory advanced in the morning news yesterday that it's first held that the candy had been manufactured by some professional candy maker and is supposed to be a fine grade. Mrs. Josephine Bateman was the first to advance the theory that the candy was homemade. Mrs. Bateman has the reputation of making excellent homemade candy and at once said that this cream chocolate candy had the appearance of being homemade because it was irregularly molded, that the candy was homemade and the arsenic or rub on the rats mixed with it. It is also a born cut, cut because the ex-Congressman Pennington says that the candy eaten by his daughters was set by some parties with them to have been a particular pink tent. This is the tent of the rough, rough on rats. It is believed that the poison was only in the cream chocolates and that the poison on the other candy came from being in contact with the poison candy. The persons that ate the smaller pieces of candy did not suffer so much from the poisoning. 
which fits the theory that the only the cream candy was poison. The fact that the Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning lived as long as they did after eating the candy is believed to be because they did they got overdosed with the poison. Poison worked off, but the irritation was so great that death occurred from the uh, po- uh, from the poison in that way. Since c- cases have been heard of before, it is was for the reason that the postmortem examination was not held. It would have shown nothing, and it analysis of the candy was was the better test the uh, Dover folk uh, astounded the more the, uh, the people of Dover think of the crime and more they were astonished they can see, uh, scarcely comprehend that such a fiend could ex- exist it makes the case harder to understand is that Mrs. Dunning, for whom I believe that poison was intended to, could have had such a desperate enemy. There was no reason why Mrs. Dean or Mrs. Dunning should have an enemy in the world. The whole town of Dover warns for them and talks of them as they were one of the reasons why the crime was made such an impression upon people here. Both women that lived in Dover for the greater part of their lives, Mrs. Dean being 44 and Mrs. Dunning 35 years old, both were church workers and it's said that no one in Dover could have been missed by the Presbyterian Church, to, to much as Mrs. Dean and her sister, nearly as active in the church and charity work. Mrs. Dean was interested in every charity work un, undertaken in Dover. Mrs. Dunning assisted her consistently and considerably. The people were surprised that Dr. Wolf would have have no scene discovered the the cause of the poisoning. There was nothing to wonder at, however, for the first place. Dr. Wolf is one of the finest chemists in the uh, in the country, and the second in the second place, arsenic is one of the easiest poisons to detect. It is but the work of few hours. The doctor discovered all that were there that were worth knowing that about the candy. The analysis confirmed the opinion by the physicians here were as cause of death. The cause have been more than discussed here tonight. The people realize that such a case never occurred to this country before. There have been instances where one person was killed by poison being sent to them, but this is, in this instance, there were two people were killed and six made ill for a time by 
the same box of candy, the selection of box of candy to carry the poison, the poison, the planning which was done to have it reach its victim in a way in which it was per- protected from being open on a way how to show it from the sender of the candy is one of the most accomplished as well as brutal murders of the modern times. The whole case shows plotting. The evidence so far produced shows that the first murderer, after working out of the diabolical plan of the murderer, made the candy. It was probably made with the murderer's own hands for no second party would ever let into the secret of the of the kind. Even the candies and the other kinds were purchased from the store and placed in a box to prevent suspicious at, uh, attaching to the homemade cream chocolates and to give the whole the appearance of being a fine box of candy. The, can- the box was purchased and nicely done up. It was a pretty box as are kept in the stock in large cities. The package being opened by the post office people. Had the package not been sent first class, it would not have been sealed and might have been opened. A first-class clerk might have eaten a piece of it and died, as would have fixed the responsibility and led to the uh, detection of the one who sent the candy. The sender took not such risk. The package was sealed and sent to the victims on full-letter postage. The fact that a small handkerchief for Mrs. Dunning's child was in the box did not lead the people here to think of the poisoning was accidental. The valuable clue. The stamps on the package were believed to furnish a valuable clue to the, to the mailer of the package. There were four five cent and one two cent stamp. This indicates that the package was weighed and stamped at the post office. Had it been stamped otherwise, it would have probably borne 11 two cent stamps as those were the kind which were kept in stock and other pieces would have been the uh, post office. This may have given a clue to one of the mail of the package. Ex-Congressman Pennington is positive that the package came from San Francisco. When spoken to in reference to the matter today, Mr. Pennington said, I have no doubt that package came from San Francisco. The postmark shows it, and I have other reasons for so believing. This is not an 
ordinary case, like where a man kills another out of there on the green and you start to argue and cry and go after him. This is a case of which will require hard and, and quiet work. Further than, further than this is ex-congressman did not care to discuss the matter. It would have been wrong, he said, to make public surmises uh, and suspicious. The first thing to do is to find out the kind of poison. It is. It was Mr. Pennington who first suspected the candy of having poisoned his daughters and he had once called the attention of Dr. Bishop to the matter after it was found that the candy had been responsible for the poison. It was too late to find out from either of the victims how much of the candy they had eaten. From the quality left, it was not believed that they could have eaten very much of the candy. Mr. Dean is one of the have is when the opinion that the package did not come from that a point as far away as San Francisco. He bases this opinion upon the fact that they had it come that distance, the box would have been smashed, but it was not. The box was in a perfect condition as if it had been sent from Dover fact that it was not smashed may be due to however the package being sent as first class matter. In fact, the case would, it would of course receive better, better care than a sent third class. The affair is still a mystery and it will be some time before the whole affair is clear, cleared up. The family, however, is determined to find the murderer, if possible, and in the su supplement of the people of Dover with them. As soon as the analysis is completed and the kind of poison discovered, the authorities will go to work in case and everything will be done to unravel the mystery. Mr. and Mrs. Pinkton and Mr. Dean have received expre expressions of sympathy from nearly everyone in Dover and from people all over the state. A number of friends called upon Mr. Pennington today and offered to assist them in any way possible in the case. There were nothing which they could do, however, they assist for, as Mr. Pennington says, cases which must be worked slowly and quietly. It would take a long time to run down all of the case clues and the theories which will arise, but they will be ran down. A member of Mrs. J.D. Dean's family feel that they could have been, they could have somewhat misrepresented by the statement that the physician was not called until 12 hours after the victims were taken ill. 
J.D. Dean says that a physician was summoned as soon as the illness of his wife became serious and everything done to have saved her. Mrs. Dean was taken ill late on Tuesday night and early Wednesday morning, Dr. L.A.H. Bishop was summoned. Mrs. Dean had been a, sus a subject to spills uh, spells of stomach trouble for years and at first supposed that it was suffering from one of those attacks. How Mrs. Josephine Bar uh, Barnaby drank a whiskey sent by a friend. The poisoning of a Mrs. Dunning and Mrs. Dean recalls a famous case of Mrs. Josephine Barnaby who was poisoned by Dr. T. Thatcher Graves, who was convicted and sentenced to be hanged, but committed suicide. Facts were something like this. A woman whose age was close upon 60 years, oppressed the ample fortune and many friends and delicate health and a visitor in a strange city was killed by drinking a few sips out of a bottle supposed to contain whiskey and had accepted a few days before as coming from a friend. Tragedy occurred in Denver, Colorado. The poison was taken on April, thir uh, April 13, 1891. On that day, Mrs. Dor Barnaby and her friend and traveling companion, Mrs. Worrell of Chester, Pennsylvania, reached Denver about a fatigue trip from a neighboring ranch owned by Mrs. Worrell's son. The latter had had 10 days before, while the two ladies were absent from the city, received a small package dressed in his care to Mrs. Barnaby and buried a Boston uh, postmark. Mrs. Barnaby laughingly tore off the wrapper and discovered it was supposed to be a small bottle of whiskey on the outside, which was written, wishing you a happy new year. Please accept this old whiskey from your friends in the woods being somewhat tired from her drive from the ranch, Mrs. Barnaby removed that, removed that the whiskey had arrived the opportune time and asked four or five of her friends who were present to partake of the contents of the bottle. Mrs. Worrell accepted and others refused. Mrs. Barnaby, Barnaby Thereupon, poured a small quantity of the alleged whiskey into two glasses. Mrs. Worrell drank her portion and equipped at a swallow and immediately remarked, It tastes worse than poison. Mrs. Barnaby, on the other hand, slowly sipped on her drink, and before she had quite finished the nauseous drought, Mrs. Worrell had taken violently ill. A 
doctor was once summoned, but before he arrived, both ladies had been thrown into most horrible con- con- uh, convulsions all, all the night and two were most presumptuous conditions and their suffering were, in, were intense. Mrs. Worrell finally rallied, but Mrs. Barnaby, whose health had been long time delicate, was unable to withstand the effect of the poison. And on Sunday, the fifth day, fifth day after taking the drought, she died. Even before she died, the search for the cinder of the mysterious bottle had begun. Chemical experts analyzed the whiskey and found that it was charged with arsenate of potassium, a drug that cannot be bought and must be manufactured. And that, too, was by a skilled chemist, was the widow of Jeremiah P. Barley, Barnaby, a successful businessman of Providence, Rhode Island. The marriage took place in 1857, and nine years later, Mrs. Barnaby became partly paralyzed. Her helplessness rendered her the prey of designed severance and other persons, and bearing this fact into mind, her husband, who died in 1869, left her only 2,500 a year without a fortune and perhaps a million and a half. One Thomas Thatcher Grave, a young physician who came to Providence a couple years before, secured the introduction of Mr. Mrs. Barnaby. He told Mrs. Barnaby that the process was one of his specialties, and she consented to place herself into his treatment. He introduced her to contest her husband's will and her daughters, to whom the bulk of the fortune had been left, to avoid a trial and consistent publicality agreed to give her $105,000 in cash. Graves arranged to have the money paid to him as agent for for Miss Barnaby and alleged to have gotten a large part in the commission. He also introduced her to make a will giving him $25,000. Soon after all this happened, Dr. Graves moved out of Denver, shutting up his house in Providence, and the prosecution soon made out a strong case against him. The grand jury at Denver found an indictment against him, charging him with the liberty causing the murder of the woman. At the conclusion of the trial, there was no no doubt in the minds of the jury that Dr. Grace was an Arthur 
of the crime, he was found guilty on January 2nd, 1892, of the murder in first degree. Three, being less than three hours. One, which was spent at the dinner table. The vote was unanimous in this first ballot. The motion for a new trial undefeated and on January 11th was sentenced to be hanged. Within the week began January 31st and January 29th, the Supreme Court granted the stay and somebody declared in favor of a new trial. More interest was been taken in the Dover poisoning case by Wilmington Wilmingtonians than any event which occurred recently among physicians have been general discussion of the case. Various opinions were expressed to have kind of poison used, but there's no doubt that the minds of any that the victims were poisoned. The poison was placed in the candy and the poison was intentional. There was a different difference opinion as to kind of poison. Physicians began to divide an opinion between arsenic and conolite. Most of them were in favor of arsenic theory. Here's some weather for you back then. Z. James Belt thermometer yesterday recorded 76 degrees at 9 a.m., 82 at noon, 88 at 3 p.m. and 84 at 6 p.m. The morning news thermometer recorded 60 at 60 at 9 p.m., 76 at midnight, and 75 at 2 o'clock this morning. Indi indications for Delaware will be cloudy today, slightly warmer. There's a little bit of a side note with weather. It took about a week and a half to find out all who did it and everything, but on August 22nd, 1898, um, they had a, uh, a suspect in in, uh, in hand, and by the time that uh, they figured out, uh, they had a uh, they had her in custody. And uh, according to some school examiner, the wife of W.A. Botkin, manager of stock in Grain Exchange City, the suspect had been uh, uh, being the person who sent the poison candy to Mrs. John P. Dunning in Delaware recently, causing the death of the lady. The model was. Uh, was sufficiently indicted by the opening statement of the examiner's article. Mrs. W. A. Botkin, whose name was linked to a uh, decidedly compromising manner that the husband of Mrs. Dunning realized the fact that suspicions had been directed towards her 
Mrs. Bakken was uh, been separated from her husband for two years, though not divorced, and resides in Holdsburg, Samoa County. A lady reporter examiner was sent to Holdsburg to interview her husband, and uh, that Tuesday, Mrs. Bakken eventually wished her to get advice from her husband first. At any rate, she came and stopped Stockton on Wednesday, accompanied by an examiner reporter, and met the two, Mr. Bakken and at the Imperial Hotel. It was a secret meeting. Neither of the visitors placed her name on the register. At the private, a private uh, conversation with her husband, Mrs. Bakken gave the reporter an interview. Which Bakken, who was present, declares there was three fourths of fiction. The article published says that Miss Bakken told how unfortunate Dunning had been and continues as follows. Miss Bakken's alleged state statement: "I never knew such a unfortunate. If I had not befriended him, and my influence has not been." exerted in his behalf I would almost surely have been committed I, I would have committed suicide at times his poverty and his painfully object, object even suffered from the commission necessaries of life I myself have uh, supplied him with the food and the sustained life in fact I prepared him all the food he ate I mean, learn that his favorite dishes, and now to please him, poor Jack, poor dear little fellow, why in the why he had to drink to down his troubles, he would have lost his mind if he hadn't. And now, with the years of his wife's death, of her having been poisoned, I will, I will become uh, what will become of him. And yet, um, worse yet, and he learns that a woman who had associated with him in San Francisco is suspected of this crime. He will immediately think of me. He he will know that I'm that woman, and I'm and I tremble for the fact that will have upon him. He will kill himself. He will blow out his brains. Poor little Jack. Now I pity the sympathize with him, dear little fellow. Oh, the irony of fate! Think what I would do if I should meet Jack Dunning in a courtroom. Of course, he would never believe me guilty. But what do you think he'd tell me? You believe that if he learned that I am a suspected, he might never want to see me again. You think that he may possibly came? The conclusion that you never, never again, they associate with anyone who has been mentioned in connection as horrible tragedy. She exactly uh, ex questioned, "What if he, he should?" She muttered. Uh, Mrs. Boxton's sympathy for Mrs. Dunning is the fact of tragic death of his wife. 
put upon him whether or not his feelings of regard to himself will be charged by any matter in which her name had been associated with the dreadful affair really distresses uh, Mrs. Bakken. And uh, it goes on and uh, see, then uh, she was arrested of uh, being that person. Um, uh, her husband stated to the mail reported that the reason she refused was because she knew that she would not quote it correctly. The alleged interview published in the examiner being three quarters fault. The mailman removed his objection entirely by offering to take her words down by shorthand in order to write the statement out herself if she preferred without being obliged to answer the questions. Mr. B Mr. Bobkin said his wife with regard to the manner was subsequently reported she refused to make any statement. Um, Bobkin declared strongly disbelief that the termination of Miss Bobkin had intentionally entitlement of the Dunning. But uh, she was apprehended, and uh, male reporter asked the chief a question. You know, that um, you know make any rest in the case. Uh, at two forty, the male received the following Associated Press telegram: uh, Dover, August twenty-second, Attorney General White. So this afternoon, that almost satisfied who was responsible for the murder of Mrs. J.R. Dean and J.P. Dunning, in his attention to order the arrest of one woman and probably two in San Francisco. He sent telegram to San Francisco today and said it would probably be advised that one or more arrests being made before tonight. Attorney General White said, you have talking to J.P. Dunham later in the day. One of the state detectives will probably be sent to San Francisco in a day or two. Mr. White decided not to have bodies of Mrs. Dean and Mrs. Dunning exhumed. She believes that enough evidence to convict the guilty party. Um, it continues here and uh, tells her life story. But yeah, she was, uh, you know, she was found that she did it. And this is Bonnie arrested two charges of murder, taken to custody at Windsor last evening. And uh, two charges of murder. Um, an illegal prisoner of Mrs. Dunning was, and Miss, the, the alleged poisoner of Mrs. Dunning and Mrs. Dean apprehended. 
Um, she was arrested and then jailed. Then she was uh, expedited to Delaware, where she ended up uh, going on trial for the murders. And uh, a box of deli bonbons affixes Stockman. The candy clerk recalls a strange customer. Um, you know, pretty much this is all in the court where, you know, they told her that uh, evidence secured by a husband of the Dover victim declares that the uh, accused was also the author of the uh, numerous letters. Attorneys uh, comprehend the various contests against Estrangement to or expedite the president, which they did, and the trial began. And uh, they were trying to uh, appeal it, try not to get her to go to Delaware for the trial, but um, they end up uh, getting her anyway. And uh, at her trial. Well, the, the, the trial went on and they, the, uh, the judge, uh, Belcher, received the report and will not accept bond. So she was in there without bond. And uh, she pleads not guilty and uh, faces an accusing witness. And, uh, and plus there's, a, I guess there was a, Dramatic scene at the at the uh, scene extracted at the trial. Um, I guess Dunning sent to jail without refusing to answer a question. Apparently, he didn't want to answer one of the questions. Then uh, Mrs. Uh, Cor uh, Corinda Bakken is guilty. Was found guilty of cruel. Uh, Delaware murders was uh, sentenced the uh, rest of her life in prison. Then, uh, you know, she was trying to, uh, you know, appeal. Once more found guilty, life sentence, the jury, um, you know, trying to discreet it, but not a fail. But in this one, Apparently, um, she and Mrs. Bobkin end up dies in jail, sent to Poison County through males at the killer of J.P. Dunning. San Francisco, California, March 8th, Mrs. Marilla Bobkin served a life sentence at San Quentin for the murder of, in 1898, of uh, Mrs. John P. Dunning. Mrs. J.D. Dean of Dover, Delaware, poisoned chocolate sent through the mail, died last night at Penitentiary. Uh, she was the wife of a former Semsco newspaper man with whom Miss, Miss Bakken was infatuated with. Uh, Dunning died in 1907, Philadelphia, uh, was the first poison candy murderer in case and no. And Mrs. 
uh, Bakken's trial attracted wide, wide attention, and majority of witnesses were brought from Delaware to the woman found guilty of murder in first degree. And new trial was uh, uh, was given uh, in California and was found guilty. So, um, you know, it, twice guilty and spending you know, seven years in county jail. Most Bakken had taken uh, penitentiary in May 1906. Uh, she was sentenced to life imprisonment in San Quentin, August 23rd, 1904, five years battle with law uh, to free herself of the charge of murder. During that time, she had uh, three trials for three years after the final conviction and sentence repressed efforts made given uh, uh, been uh, to make her have pardon. It was August of 1898, or I'm sorry, yeah, 1898, um, and Mrs. John P. D uh, Dunning and her sister, Mrs. Dean of uh, Dover, died after eating candy. Um, let's see. Um, you know, I guess when, uh, you know, he was uh, doing, a, as J.P. Dunning was doing Associated Press, um, his, his wife's death, the mystery surrounding it, suspect Mrs. Bakken, with whom had, had been free, uh, friendly, uh, the woman had no idea whom the box came, but suspected nothing. Two days later, Miss uh, Two days later, Miss Dunny, Dean, uh, found uh, days later. Uh, autopsy showed beyond shadow of doubt that death caused by uh, poisoned, but it didn't say. Uh, But I don't know, it didn't say how she died in jail, but she died in jail, so um, that was it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, Mrs. Bakken um, in San Francisco with the, the poison candy. And uh, hope you enjoyed uh, this little murder mystery and um, hoping you enjoyed it. And next week, we'll probably go back to uh, see where we could be haunted next. But maybe it'd be a great time to do something new. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And hope you guys have a good time. And until then, this is Joe the Ghost Guy signing off. Until then, see you later. took about a week and a half to find out all who did it and everything, but on August 22nd, 1898, um, they had a, uh, a suspect in, in, uh, in hand, and 
by the time that uh, they figured out, uh, they had a uh, they had her in custody. And uh, according to some school examiner, the wife of W. A. Botkin, manager of stock in Grain Exchange City, the suspect had been. Uh, uh, being the person who sent the poison candy to Mrs. John P. Dunning in Delaware recently causing the death of the lady, the model was, uh, was sufficiently indicted by the opening statement of the examiner's article. Mrs. W. A. Botkin, whose name was linked to a uh, decidedly compromising manner that the husband of Mrs. Dunning realized the fact that suspicious had been directed towards her. Mrs. Botkin was uh, been separated from her husband for two years, though not divorced, and resides in Holdsburg, Samoa County. A lay reporter examiner was sent to Holdsburg to interview her husband, and uh, that Tuesday, Miss Botkin eventually wished her to get advice from her husband first. At any rate, she came in Stockton on Wednesday, accompanied by the examiner reporter, and met the two, Mr. Botkin, and at the Imperial Hotel, it was a secret meeting Neither of the visitors placed her name on the register at a private, a private uh, uh, conversation with her husband, Mrs. Balkin, gave the reporter an interview, which Balkin, who was present, declares it was three-fourths of fiction. The article published says that Miss Balkin told how unfortunate Dunning had been and continues as follows. Miss Botkin's alleged state statement, I never knew such a unfortunate if I had not befriended him and my influence has not been exerted in his behalf, I would almost surely have been committed. I, I would have committed suicide at times his poverty and as painfully abject demon suffered from the commission necessaries of life. I myself have uh, supplied him with the food and the sustained life. In fact, I prepared him all the food he ate. I mean, learned that his favorite dishes. And now to please him, poor Jack, poor dear little fellow, why in the, why he had to drink to down his troubles, he would have lost his mind if he hadn't. And now with the years of his wife's death, of her having been poisoned, I will, I will become, uh, what will become of him? And yet, and worse yet, and he learns that a woman who had associated with him in San Francisco is suspected of this crime, he will immediately think of me he, he will know that I'm that woman and I'm and I tremble for the fact that I will have upon him 
he will kill himself. He will blow out his brains. Poor little Jack. Now I pity the sympathize with him, dear little fellow. All the irony of fate. Think what would do if I should meet Jack Dunning in a courtroom. Of course, he would never believe me guilty. But what do you think? You tell me. You believe that if he learned that I am suspected, he might never want to see me again. You think that he may possibly came to the conclusion that you never, never again they would associate with anyone who has been mentioned in connection as horrible tragedy. She exact. Exactly. Question: What if he he should? She muttered.、Uh, Mrs. Buxton's sympathy for Mrs. Dunning is the fact the tragic death of his wife weigh upon him whether or not his feelings of regards himself will be charged by any matter in which her name has been associated with the dreadful affair. Really. Express, uh, expresses Mrs. Bakken, and、uh, it goes on, and、uh, see. Then、uh, she was arrested of、uh, being that person.、Um, uh, her husband stated to the Mail reported that the reason she refused was because she knew that. She would not quote it correctly. The alleged interview published in the Examiner being three quarters false. The mailman removed his objection entirely by offering to take her words down by shorthand, allowed to write the statement out herself if she preferred, without being obliged to answer the questions. Mr. Bo- Mr. Bobkin. Said his wife was regarded to the manner, but subsequently reported she refused to make any statement.、Um, Bobkin declared strongly disbelief that the termination of Miss Bobkin had intentionally entitlement of the Dunning, but、uh, she was apprehended and.、Uh, Mail reporter asked the chief a question. You know, said,、um, you know, make any rest in the case.、Uh, at 2:40, the mail received the following Associated Press telegram:、uh, Dover, August 22nd. Attorney General White said this afternoon that almost satisfied who was responsible for the murder of Miss J.R. Dean and J.P. Dunning. His attention ordered the arrest of one woman, and probably two, in San Francisco. He sent telegrams to San Francisco today and said it would probably be advised that one or more arrests being made before tonight. Attorney General White said, "You have talking to J.P. Dunham later in the day. One of the state detectives will probably be sent." San Francisco in a day or two. Mr. White decided not to have bodies of Mrs. Dean, Mrs. 
donning the exhume. She believes that enough evidence to convict the guilty party. Um, it continues here and uh, tells her life story. But yeah, she was, uh, you know, she was found that she did it. And uh, Mrs. Bonnie arrested two charges of murder, took into custody at Windsor last evening. And uh, two charges of murder. Um, an illegal prisoner, Mrs. Dunning, was, and Miss. The, the alleged poisoner of Mrs. Dunning and Mrs. Dean apprehended. Um, she was arrested and then jailed. Then she was uh, expedited to Delaware where she ended up uh, going on trial for the murders and Box of deli bonbons, a fixed stockman. The candy clerk recalls a strange customer. Um, you know, pretty much this is all in the court where, you know, they told her that uh, evidence secured by a husband of the Dover victim declares that the uh, accused was also the author of the uh, numerous letters. Attorneys, uh, comprehend the various contests against a statement to or expedite the prisoner, which they did. And the trial began and uh, they were trying to uh, appeal it, try not to get her to go to Delaware for the trial, but um, they end up uh, getting her anyway. And uh, at her trial, uh, well, the, the the trial went on, and they, the uh, the judge uh, Belcher received the report and will not accept bond, so she was in there without bond, and uh, she pleads not guilty and uh, faces an accusing witness and. Uh, and plus, there's a, I guess there was a dramatic scene at the, at the uh, scene extracted at the trial. Um, I guess Dunning sent to jail without refusing to answer a question. Apparently, he didn't want to answer one of the questions. Then, uh, Mrs. Uh, uh, Corinda Bakken is guilty, was found guilty of cruel uh, Delaware murders, was uh, sentenced the uh, rest of her life in prison. Then, uh, you know, she was trying to, uh, you know, appeal. Once more found guilty, life sentence to jury, um, you know, trying to discreet it. But 
not a fail, but in this one, apparently, um, she and Mrs. Bobkin end up dies in jail, sent to Poison County through males at the killer of J.P. Dunny. San Francisco, California, March 8th, Mrs. Marilla Bobkin served a life sentence at San Quentin for the murder of in 1898 of uh, Mrs. John P. Dunning, Mrs. J.D. Dean of Dover, Delaware, poisoned chocolate sent through the mail, died last night at penitentiary. Uh, she was the wife of a former Semsco newspaper man with whom Miss, Miss Bakken was infatuated with. Uh, Dunning died in 1907, Philadelphia. Uh, was the first poison candy murderer in case and no and Mrs. Uh, Bakken's trial attracted wild, wide attention and majority of witnesses were brought from Delaware to the woman found guilty of murder in first degree and new trial was uh, uh, was given uh, in California and was found guilty so um, you know it, twice guilty and spent in oh, seven years county jail Musbuckin had taken uh, penitentiary in May 1906 uh, she was sent to his life imprisonment in San Quentin August 23rd 1904 five years battle with law uh, to free herself of the charge of murder. During that time, she had uh, three trials for three years after the final conviction and sentence repressed efforts made given uh, uh, been uh, to make her have pardon. It was August of 1898 or, I'm sorry, yeah, in 1898, um, Mrs. John P. Dunning and her sister, Mrs. Dean of uh, Dover, died after eating candy. Um, let's see. Um, you know, I guess when, uh, you know, he was uh, doing, a, as J.P. Dunning was doing Associated Press, um, his, his wife's death, a mystery surrounding it. Suspect Mrs. Bakken, with whom had, had been free, uh, friendly, uh, the woman had no idea whom the box came, but suspected nothing. Two days later, Miss uh, Two days later, Miss Dunny, Dean, uh, found uh, days later. Autopsy showed beyond shadow of doubt that death caused by uh, poisoned, oh, but it didn't say. Uh, but I don't know. It didn't say how she died in jail, but she died in jail. So um, that was it. But uh, yeah, it was uh, Mrs. Bakken. Um, in San Francisco with the, the poison candy. And uh, hope you enjoyed uh, this little murder mystery.
and um, hoping you enjoyed it. And next week we'll probably go back to uh, see where we could be haunted next. But maybe it'd be a great time to do something new. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And hope you guys have a good time. And until then, this is Joe the Ghost Guy signing off. Until then, see you later. Subscribe to this podcast. It will be transmitted to the following podcasts. Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or whatever you receive. This transmission called Podcasts. You can catch any and new episodes on YouTube at Ghost Stories and the Unusual Paranormal Podcast and on TikTok at Joe the Ghost Guy.